Price, and this is Price Talks, the conversation of the Price Tags blog. This is a kind of a special occasion for Price Talks. We have a return guest, our first, Charles Gauthier. Welcome back. Thanks, Gord. Glad to be back. Mr. Downtown. Sure, I'll take that moniker. You are. You have it. It's yours. Why? Why do people call you Mr. Downtown? Well, I represent the Downtown Vancouver Business Improvement Association. I'm the president and CEO, and I have a great team that I work with, both uh, volunteers, board members, and my own team. But I guess I'm the head of the organization, so maybe I deserve that moniker. Yes, you do, Charles, but it's not because of that. Oh, yeah, of course, your connection to DVBIA. That's basic. But I think it's been because for two reasons. One, you've been around long enough. Been consistent. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and secondly, you speak uh, with some authority. You have the back of your organization. You can talk about things that uh, I think people would often be surprised. It's outside the, the new of what they have associated to be a kind of business organization. Yeah, this is radio. You didn't see me blush. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm a very humble guy. I, I do like to, uh, you know, stay in the background and... Uh, and, and move projects forward. I, I know it's part of the job to be out there and to, to be the voice uh, for our members. Uh, but, you know, privately, I'm a pretty private person, you know, in my own life. Uh, so, yes, I've been here for a long time. Uh, and uh, 27 years, uh, just marked my uh, that anniversary a couple of weeks ago. I would say that's almost as old as the DVBIA and its Pretty close. It's associated the Downtown Vancouver Association. Yes, pretty close to the establishment of the DVBI in 1990. So I was the second uh, president and CEO on the scene. And uh, yes, I've been able to navigate through some very challenging times uh, with the organization and what's been happening downtown. It, it's overly been positive. And it is literally true that the DV Business Improvement Association is fairly characterized as, quote, business. Because they, they pay. That's They're right. Taxed for what you do. They are. Um, and I think where you're leading to is, uh, you know, we've taken on a, a pretty exciting project. Uh, reimagined downtown Vancouver uh, with uh, the support and uh, a lot of hard work by SFU Public Square back in 2015. And we did reimagine because it was the uh, 25th anniversary of the organization. And uh, I was able to uh, convince the board that we should take on a legacy project of developing a vision for downtown Vancouver leading to the year 2040. I was part of that 2015, I remember, a session you had in your offices. I guess there were about 50, 60 people there. I have to say, I was skeptical. Reimagine, okay, been through this. Everyone is going to say yes, of course, what they would like to see, what vision, but Chances are there isn't going to be much that's original, and it, it's going to be a hodgepodge of good wishes. Everything would like. No attempt to do the trade-offs. Okay, I was kind of wrong about that, I have to say, because not so much that you didn't get that kind of feedback, but more than anything, you took what you heard and you actually restructured the organization to reflect it. I don't think I've ever seen that happen before. Well, one thing that I'm pretty strong about is that, um, you know, we shouldn't be doing uh, any kind of visioning process or do reports if we're actually not going to act on it. Uh, I'm, I'm always critical of others who get things, get a report done, and then it gets shelved and nothing gets accomplished. So we, I was pretty committed to making sure that, you know, within a year of uh, releasing Reimagine Downtown Vancouver in the fall of 2015, that we were actually going to bring something to life 
And we did. Ten months later, we actually opened up our first uh, laneway transformation alley-oop. And that was, uh, frankly, uh, a lot of hard work to get to that point in time to show that we can actually transform laneways. And that was one of the items that was uh, flagged in Reimagine Downtown Vancouver is that we need to uh, change the way uh, we see our downtown public spaces and how they're used. You did something more, though. As important as a physical change is, you do need that. You restructured the board, not you, but the organization. Well, much more than just the board. Uh, you know, we had to uh, realign the organization uh, to what was contained in the reimagined downtown Vancouver report. And uh, so we literally had to cobble together uh, funding uh, to be able to do laneways. And uh, we did uh, change a lot of our structure. Uh, we eliminated uh, a number of our standing committees that had been in place for 20-odd uh, years. And uh, we created uh, what I would call a super committee, our policy advisory council, comprised of, uh, to a large extent, millennials, uh, which are uh, you know, now featured prominently in our workforce and will be uh, the majority of the workforce uh, in the next few years. Have you ever heard of any organization doing that? 25% millennials has a target. I assume you reached it. Uh, we reached it and uh, exceeded that, uh, that mark. Um, well, I think it's important that, um, you know, we, if we're going to get towards that 2040 vision, I'm certainly not going to be around. I'll be 79 years old by the year 2040. Uh, so I'm not going to be working with the organization. So we need to ensure that we bring uh, the leaders of tomorrow uh, into the fold of the organization. Otherwise, we're not going to be relevant. How did that, uh, what did you see happen when you had the young'uns around the table? Well, what happened is that things like, uh, you know, not being supportive of bike lanes wasn't something that was on their radar. Uh, that wasn't, they wanted to ensure that we move towards uh, being uh, a downtown that can accommodate all modes of transportation. Um, they wanted to talk about childcare, that that was an important issue for them uh, as they were getting to the point of having children and uh, wanting to raise them in the city if they can live here. So we need to have child, more childcare spaces available in our city. Uh, they started talking about things like living wage, uh, that the DVBI had to become and start moving towards becoming a living wage employer. These concepts, not all of them, but some of these concepts, you know, were a little bit foreign to the organization. And why would a business organization be involved in these kinds of issues? Well, I'm thinking <laughs> for a lot of boomers, aging boomers, mostly men, uh, they had to go through a bit of a culture shock themselves. Well, it was, uh, it's, it's an eye-opener, and I'm, I'm at the tail end of, of the baby boom, right? So uh, I, I embrace this because I like the energy that we have now in the organization by having uh, millennials and younger people than myself, uh, not only part of the organization uh, as members, but we've even recruited uh, younger people to be leading some of our most significant files, like placemaking. Uh, so we have millennials leading that charge on uh, doing a lot of our placemaking initiatives. So yeah, in most cases, of course, you just jumped over good old Gen X. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have Gen I'm Xers no still generation. employed. No, no, we still have Gen Xers employed. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it's uh, it's been really uh, great for the organization. It's uh, revived us. Uh, it's rejuvenated us. It's given us uh, a new raison d'être and what we're going to accomplish in the next 10 years because we have ambitions a bold plan for what we want to do in our next mandate, uh, if, if approved by our members this June at our AGM and if approved uh, by City Council uh, next February, 
Uh, we have a very ambitious plan for our next 10-year mandate, which will involve more placemaking, uh, more sponsorship of festivals and events, and uh, dramatically changing uh, what we're going to be doing in the next uh, 10 years. By the way, I do like the way uh, Gauthier would do proper French pronunciation. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> Thank you. Uh, all right. Now, you did something else as well, which is to follow up on the report. Yes. Tell us about that. Well, just like you would do a financial audit uh, to measure the financial health of an organization, we felt it was important to, uh, to do a check-in. And uh, as much as possible, arm's length, independent, and we thought who best to do that work, to do an audit of where we're at three years after uh, launching Reimagine in 2015 than SFU Public Square. So we went to them and uh, we presented this opportunity for them to do an evaluation, a report card, if you want, on uh, how are we doing on moving the vision forward. Well, as a fellow at SFU connected to the Center for Dialogue and Public, I have to agree with you. I think that was an excellent choice. And indeed, we have two of them sitting across from us. Hi, guys. Hello, how are you? Who are Hi. you? Uh, I'm Landon Hoyt. I'm the program manager at uh, SFU Public Square. And I'm Julianne King, and I'm a researcher who worked on this project. What did you do? Yeah, well, Charles came to Public Square um, looking to kind of do, as he said, a, a report card check-in for, for this project. And um, we were, were more than pleased to, to be able to, to take on this work. Um, I think this, this aligns with, um, you know, us, Public Square, wanting to um, build out social infrastructure, wanting to build in an active citizenry um, and improve um, the downtown um, as a location, as a, as a place in our city that is super vital and important for for, for an active city um, and we were more than more than happy to be able to help hold the DVBA a little bit accountable for its actions um, but also I think support the work that's going on and and um, you know ask people how they're doing and you know that's that's our sort of expertise is is doing that sort of public engagement work and, and bringing people into the conversation what was your role doing uh, I did all of the Work. All of the research, all of the uh, interviews, the mm -hmm. data analysis, the document analysis, everything that went into uh, writing the report. Oh my gosh, that is good work. <laughs> interviews, and then you had to translate. Uh, I did some transcription, yeah, and we had some focus groups as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a, a good group of uh, participants, uh, stakeholders, and people from the community, people from the board, and the policy advisory committee as well. Great. Um, well, now, Landon said you had, you were thinking that you could hold uh, DVBIA accountable. <laughs> Have you pushed them a little? Got any evidence of that? Uh, we did a, uh, a chart with uh, all of the different initiatives from the original Reimagine uh, vision goals, and we went through and updated all of them to kind of see where we're at on each one of them and provide a little status update. Ooh, give them a grade. <laughs> You're a university. <laughs> a to F. What do you think, overall? Overall? Yeah. Um, a. A? Absolutely. A. <laughs> <laughs> ah, ah, that's okay. great. I mean, uh, <laughs> with great inflation. That's passing, by the way. <laughs> but I, I get the impression that you thought, mm, no, these guys actually delivered. Absolutely. Um, it's been three years. Uh, so in terms of the total vision, that's about uh, 
10 to 12 percent of the way through and considering what they've accomplished in this amount of time um, absolutely uh, they're innovators in this field um, and they're really paving the way and showing people what's possible in downtown Oh, we'll go there, but first of all, uh, anything on the C-minus end of things? Well, you can see in the chart, uh, in the report and online, that there's a couple things that haven't been addressed yet, uh, and uh, some things that are, you know, a little bit slower to get going, and... Uh, oh, name names. I can take a look at the report. Uh, there is... Not much has been done towards uh, increasing pedestrian and uh, public waterfront access. Uh, the uh, Not so much happening towards uh, public rooftop gardens. People want to see more public spaces like that. Uh, and then we have yet to make any uh, progress towards making a First Nation center in downtown. So there's some examples like that um, that uh, just, just have it gotten underway yet. Mm -hmm. Any A pluses? A pluses, I mean the alleyways, the uh, all the, the, the place making, public space improvements, absolutely. Uh, those have been really huge. Well, if people want to see for themselves, we'll post the link to championing, championing the vision. I think that's what you called it. Mm -hmm. and you can see for yourselves in great detail. You broke it out into, I think, three sections, place, people, and business. Tell me a little bit more about what your thinking was there. That was to mirror the original report. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the original report I think was was laid out in that sort of um, uh, sort of platform, and and uh, I think the interest from the DVBA is really to dig into each of those specific areas, and you know how are we doing with creating a, a, a population of membership, of community members, of people coming to downtown. What is their perspective on the city? How are they being involved with the work that's going on downtown? Place, placemaking, public space, alleyways, um, streets, sidewalks, all that sort of thing. Uh, and then business, obviously, um, uh, you know, responding to membership needs, responding to um, the actual retail environment downtown, economic development, that sort of thing. Well, not so obviously business. Mm -hmm. I've stuck initially from 2015 right through today and this report, the business kind of comes third. And there isn't what you'd expect from a business organization, which is, how do we get more business? Mm -hmm. It's almost like, well, it is a given. In fact, if anything, how are we going to cope with all the business, the floor space, the people, the stress on infrastructure? I mean, good news story, but... What an interesting way to set your priorities, Charles. Well, and, and I think the best way I can communicate, you know, why we did that is that it's really important that we take care of our customers first. Uh, that's what a business would do. If you take care of your customers, then business will be good. And so in our case, the customers are the visitors, the employees, the residents uh, that come and enjoy this place. And so let's focus on the customer experience and then it will be good for the business community. Um, so we have to have that lens. All right, let's do that. Your customers, people. People. Who is downtown Vancouver? And look, let's get specific. We, we can talk in generalities about this, but I live here. Landon, where do you live? Mount Pleasant, Julia? New West. New West? Marple. Okay. So we're either on the periphery of downtown Vancouver, we're connected with good transit to downtown Vancouver. Who are we? Charles, give us a description of your customers. 
Well, when we do surveys, we know that uh, the people that visit downtown often who live here are those that uh, live in Vancouver, primarily uh, on the west side or or in my neighborhood. Uh, you know, they're within 20 minutes of, of downtown. And then certainly the North Shore is our next immediate. Uh, so if we're talking about discretionary visits, you don't have to come downtown to work. You're coming to shop and enjoy the downtown experience. Those are the people that are coming most, most frequently to downtown. Because if you live in the burbs, uh, you know, you have a lot of options for you to spend your money discretion in a discretionary way. Uh, downtown is, or the region has evolved so much in the last 27 years that I've been here. You can have shopping experiences and dining experiences in New West or, or in Surrey and other locations, more so than you did 27 years ago. So we need to find a way to distinguish ourselves from those places. And we do that, I think, as an organization by focusing on placemaking and place management. And we do that by ensuring that we can have great festivals and events here. And uh, we're going to do more of that in our next 10-year mandate. I think we talked about this last time I came here, is that our plan is to uh, triple our sponsorship budget so that we can uh, support more festivals and events to do what they do really well that bring people uh, from further afield because they want to enjoy that experience that they're perhaps not getting in their own community. Okay, that I get. You, you attract them with entertainment of one form or another. Yes. And then they spend money. Correct. All right. What about the people who work? Well, again, um, you know, there's going to be more and more choices as more office inventory gets built in the region, right? Including, uh, you know, uh, just south of uh, Falls Creek uh, in in the sort of the Mount Pleasant area, there's, uh, you know, innovation hubs that are being built there uh, by a variety of different companies. There's going to be other choices in terms of where tenants can locate. So our job is is to really make downtown interesting and different, making it really accessible by all forms of transportation, including transit and bike lanes, so that their employees can live close to uh, where they work and use those forms of transportation. And then we have to make it interesting because we've heard from landlords, from building owners, is that what tenants are looking for are really dynamic and interesting places that they can recruit talent to come and work for them. So we're going to do that by making that urban space, that public space, exciting and interesting. And we're going to do that by laneway transformations and makeovers. And we're going to do that by making those uh, public spaces, parks, squares, uh, much more dynamic and interesting, doing more programming, uh, providing interesting seating uh, by making it safe and enjoyable. Does that match up with what you found? Absolutely. People want places for people. I think that the DBBIA and this project is really uh, trying to think of all of the different users of downtown and um, attract a very diverse and vibrant group of people. And I think that aligns with, you know, why Public Square was so interested in being involved in this project. You know, we try to make our programming and, and you know, events and what, what we do as, you know, on a day to day basis, inclusive and welcoming and accessible for, for all. And I think that DVBI is aligned with that and wanting to make the downtown accessible and inclusive for all. And that means bike lanes, that means 24-7 transit access, that means, you know, public spaces that are that are open to anyone from any sort of income level or background or, or whatever. And so that's, I think, why, you know, where they're going is so important and what the next generation wants to see out of the downtown. Does it include the shelter list? Absolutely. It does. Did yeah. you interview them? 
They were originally, uh, they participated in the developing the vision for Reimagine Downtown Vancouver. That's one of the reasons we engaged SFU Public Square, because they have a great track record of bringing in everyone into that conversation and dialogue. And uh, Janet uh, Weber and, uh, at the time, Shauna Sylvester uh, were, were very harsh on us to ensure that those voices were heard. And they structured the process in a way that um, made it happen. And they're listed in the in the original report as to who uh, participated in developing this vision. And if you look at some of the statements, downtown is for everyone. Everyone is welcomed. What do they want? How do they want to be welcomed? Well, some of the things that uh, Julianne has mentioned, you know, this idea of a native center uh, in the heart of the downtown came out of some of those discussions. Uh, and, and, and Landon just talked about it, you know, make events uh, free and accessible to everyone. Uh, so, you know, those are, are things now that are really built in uh, to what we do as an organization and how we fund festivals and events. Like, we're not looking at funding an event uh, where you have to buy a ticket. I mean, one of our first events that we were part of in sponsoring was uh, the free New Year's Eve event on the waterfront in, uh, that happened in starting in 20, uh, 2015. So, uh, you know, we look at our sponsorship guidelines and we had to revise them so that it, uh, it aligned with uh, what we heard from people in terms of making sure that events had no barriers. Huh. Okay, let me be a little harsh. I'm thinking if you ask people what they didn't like about downtown Vancouver, a fair number would have said the homeless, the shelters, say, under the canopies of the bay, the panhandling. And then you say, on the other hand, but we have to welcome those people too. We do. And, the, you know, there has to be like we have to be a civil society at the end of the day and how we're going to treat each other. And it works both ways. Right. So um, it is a very uh, delicate and complicated issue in terms of how to deal with people that are camping on someone's uh, you know, doorsteps and making it difficult for them to open in the morning. Uh, but, you know, we have to abide by, you know, what the courts have ruled and what they've said. And then as an organization, you know, we, I, I'm going to hold us true and the board's going to hold us true as an organization to uh, what we said in Reimagine because there'll be people like you and harsher critics that will criticize us if we take a, a, take a left turn or a right turn on this particular issue. So it is a difficult one. Uh, it has to be balanced. And uh, the organization has come out and said, um, you know, we're not going to be nimbies about this issue either. We need to have homeless shelters within our BIA district. And uh, we've supported those. And we did that prior to Reimagine. And then we also supported the uh, modular housing unit that was installed uh, at Larwell Park, slightly out of our BIA district, but really close. And I was there on opening day with the mayor, uh, welcoming uh, this facility that was much needed in our community. And you know what? We don't have enough of that. Uh, we need more. And if it's in our BIA district, then so be it. It should be. And if, I, if I could add, I think, um, uh, you know, taking that radical approach that, you know, a BIA is not often known for um, in supporting things like temporary modular housing or supervised consumption sites or, um, you, know, uh, you know, programs that, that, that benefit the homeless and, and provide, you know, options for, for housing them, that impacts business members, that, that impacts crime in the community that, you know, saves money on those sorts of things by advocating for these programs. And, and that's not something that I think many business improvement associations across Canada, you know, even locally would normally do. And so 
to to from our perspective and and my personal perspective i think that's something that that is really innovative for downtown BI, uh, vancouver ba and and something that others should should really take note and that they're making the, that connection between these social programs and then actually how that, that affects downtown as a, as an experience and its its members but Julian, how, how much was i i correct in thinking that you heard negative feedback that that was what people didn't like about downtown vancouver uh I did get uh, a fair bit of negative feedback. I mean, people were very honest and frank and critical. Uh, maybe not in the way that you are thinking, not uh, with the, the specific uh, homeless uh, issue in mind. What else? What else? What other negatives? Um, there was uh, some interesting perspectives. Uh, suggestions around uh, indigenizing placemaking. Uh, more could have been done uh, in the placemaking initiatives that have uh, that the DVBA has done in this project um, to to make them uh, more indigenous, more celebratory of the original inhabitants of this land. Oh, what would be an example? Uh, the laneways, uh, the public art, and things like that. That. Uh, all of these initiatives that uh, DVBA wants to keep doing more and more of, there's a, a big opportunity uh, in in just those projects to uh, be more inclusive and include. And and again, we we appreciate that constructive criticism because uh, it will only make us better, and it will also ensure that it becomes more inclusive. And uh, and you know, we're not the subject experts on everything. Um, you know, that, that was included. In the, I know you're disappointed, uh, but we're not the subject that experts on everything. So, um, you know, we're going to make uh, big steps towards ensuring that as we move forward on, uh, you know, placemaking initiatives and laneways in particular, uh, that we bring in the community more on those kinds of programs. And we're already starting out with our next laneway transformation, Ihu Lane. Uh, between Alberni and Robson and Butte and Burrard, where we're involving uh, you know local artists uh, at in the SFU program and alumni uh, to submit uh, original art that will be installed on the doorways, mm -hmm. and then the other intent is that um, uh, on some other subject matters, what we're doing is. Uh, uh, great examples with, uh, you know, how do we engage more millennials? Well, we had City Hive work with us on, on suggesting how we do that. And we took all that, those recommendations and implemented them. And we talked about that at the beginning of the program. Uh, we went to Hub Cycling and said, you know what, you are the subject experts on this. Uh, we're actually going to become a platinum member of your organization and we're going to fund you. Uh, I think it's $10,000 a year. And uh, we're gonna get. We want to be more involved in how we actually expand the the network, not just in downtown, but you know throughout the city. And then we went to um, to other organizations, uh, High Street Humanity, that uh, basically provide opportunities for people that are marginalized to become beekeepers. And so we did that project in Cathedral Square Park last year. And then lastly, uh, we teamed up with the Binners Project, and we provided funding so that they can actually develop a better cart. Uh, for binners to use as they do collection of items that have been discarded. So we're not the subject experts, but they're out there, and we want to embrace them and bring them in. And we did that in a short period of time since the release of the report, uh, but we need to do more of it. And uh, we'll be able to do that with more funding next year with the new mandate. <laughs> Tell me more about that new funding, Charles. 
Here's your chance. Well, our proposal is that um, by year five of the new 10-year mandate, uh, we will have doubled our budget of what it is now of $3 million to $6 million. And then from five years, five to six, there'll be, uh, you know, cost of living increases after that. Uh, but that is going to enable us to do so much more. Uh, we're going to have three times the sponsorship budget. We're going to have six times the placemaking budget. And we're going to slightly increase our uh, downtown uh, safety ambassadors and our downtown clean team. Uh, just because, as we talked in an earlier program, downtown is growing. There's 3 million new square feet of office space that's going to be completed by the year 2024. And 20,000 new employees in the downtown area. How are we going to move around? How are we going to uh, share this space uh, as residents, employees, and visitors? 20,000 is about half the population of the West End. What does 3 million square feet look like? Well, it's approximately 15% more job space than what we currently have. We're uh, going from about 21 million to, doing the math in my head, 24 million square feet. We'll still be the preeminent job employment center in the region. Uh, but this is significant. I think what I read recently is Amazon will be the largest tenant in the downtown with, I believe, a million square feet of office space. There's no way you're going to have housing for uh, Amazon aside. 20,000 employees anytime soon. You're probably right, but uh, that's another policy position we've taken as Ooh. an organization. Little pressure on... Everyone. Yeah. Housing. Yes. How is transit going to work with this, right? Uh, you got your challenges. But it's, a, it's something we're all going to be in together, right, that we all have to solve, that we all have to find a way to make it work. Well, there are the problems of success. You'd be in a very different situation if... You were actually in the typical business of a business association. How do we get more business, more jobs? Yes. You don't talk that language. Primarily because, as you know, my pedigree is I'm a city planner. And so that's my outlook and, you know, in terms of trying to think of complete neighborhoods. Uh, you know, how do we make that happen? So I, I think I, I certainly come at it from a totally different perspective. I have enough business people as members and board members and policy advisory council members, I'm coming at it from a totally different perspective. Yeah. They just want you to keep that honeypot sweet. Yeah. I think it's about having what we've had, I think, for the last uh, 30, 40 years of how downtown has changed for the better, right? Uh, it's become a place for people to live and work. Okay, guys. So you must have been aware, whether by doing this report or even your personal circumstances of Housing, a place to live, something you can afford. What would you draw from your experience? Uh, I think that, um, you know, wanting uh, downtown to be an, a place for all, an inclusive place, shifting your policies to focus on that and, you know, making sure that you're taking that holistic, bigger picture approach. And, and like you said, it's not just it's not just business, business, business. It's actually, okay, how are we you know, building a community that's actually beneficial for the whole city, that everyone involved. And so, you know, how you can't forget housing and Vancouver housing is, you know, the preeminent issue of our time right now. And you can't avoid, you can't have any conversation without it coming back to housing. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I, since I, I'm a kind of academic too, I love yeah. how we phrase the question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're good at that. What about the answer? Anything you put in your report that says, look, bite this bullet. Here's what you got to do. 
Uh, I heard David Holchansky say the other day, uh, housing is economic infrastructure. And the participants of this uh, research definitely echoed that. Uh, they really understand that housing is uh, a concern of the business community uh, where people are living, uh, whether people can uh, reasonably access uh, their their job and have a reasonable commute. And uh, these are these are the concerns of the business community. And um, this is, is something that the DVBA is taking up as well. So the issue identified, the challenge put in front, I'm still waiting to hear. Not just you, clearly. Look, mm -hmm. this is beyond any single organizations, but it's number one. It, it absolutely is. And I think, well, what's I our role? I'm a business person. I live up in the British properties, you know, mm -hmm. typical mm -hmm. post-war, but yeah, yeah. Millennium. <laughs> right. What are they saying to you? They understand this is a crisis. They got the crisis. Yes. Solution. What yeah. bullet do we need to bite? Well, it's, we have to densify uh, our neighborhoods. Is that the right answer? <laughs> we have to densify our neighborhoods. And we talked about this, I, I'm saying that quite a bit, we talked about this last time, right? And as an organization, we've developed, we have a policy position now that we actually will be speaking out in favor of densifying Vancouver neighborhoods that are currently single family. It has to change. I went to my first uh, meeting, uh, open house at Kitts Neighborhood House regarding a project at, uh, I believe, Larchin 2nd or Larchin 4th. And uh, I went there and I showed my face and I, uh, I filled out a, a, a reply of what I thought about the project. I engaged with some people that weren't happy about the proposal. I spoke to the developer. So that's what we need to do. I think the example of that business person that might be living in the British properties, they need to come with me. They need to say why this is important. Uh, we need to have other people champion this cause that we would not think would stand up for adding more rental housing in our city. Um, and there were people there. Surprisingly, there were people there that came and spoke in favor of it that said, I live in this city, but my children won't be able to live in the city unless we do this. And I think we need to hear those voices. What role will downtown Vancouver play in the next 20 years? Uh, oh boy, 20 years. It's a very long time to think about in the future. Charles, you've talked about the unique role it plays now. What do you expect, Landon, Julian, that uniqueness is going to be like? Yeah, I mean, how I mean, much more unique? Yeah, I don't think that the downtown is going away as a, as a place of you know, the central place of commerce in the region or anything like that. And, and I, I only, I think it's only going to be more intensified. And, and I think that comes with more job space, with more people, with more densification, that sort of thing. Um, and I think that, that SFU in particular plays a role of being that place of innovation and solutions. Um, you know, we, uh, again, we're pleased to come into this project because of being recognized as, as that sort of um, expert on public engagement and that sort of thing. But I think that, you know, we're doing that sort of, that inf social infrastructure piece, building grad housing downtown, um, you know, building, we're, we're part of the 312 main project um, at Maine and Hastings. Um, there's, there's opportunities, I think, where SFU and other large institutions and players downtown can be a part of this larger um, work that's going on and, and, and 
being a catalyst for a lot of this um, programming, whether it's um, you know social enterprise or or uh, building housing on top of you know office and and commercial space. Um, these businesses that are downtown are, are going to die if we don't have proper housing for their service workers and if we don't have um, you know adequate public space and and opportunities for for their employees to thrive and so i really think that downtown is in order to be that place of that preeminent place of commerce has to get with the times and and i think dv bay is doing a good job of that and is in progress towards this vision well that's why i want to do this Mm -hmm. podcast because you are this really is going back to 2015 my cynicism skepticism that i'd hear the words i'd see the recommendations but the follow-up yeah and what I'm hearing is there, there is actual follow-up here. You've given a lot of examples, mm-hmm. Charles. But I'm wondering if we're still thinking about downtowns in a kind of 19th century way, mm-hmm. kind of the creation of mass transit, the ability to concentrate large numbers of people in very dense buildings, all the culture, entertainment, government that went with it. Cities really did thrive in the 19th century and the 20th. But ironically, is it going to be the Amazons who may have their employees here, but will be killing off the retail, the department stores? Will it be the technology that allows us to entertain ourselves through our phones and anywhere we want? 20 years out, are the fundamentals that you're thinking we have to emphasize more still going to be relevant? You know, I'm not overly convinced that we're going to see a dramatic change. I think people still want to have uh, social connections and uh, interact with each other and, you know, not just stare down at their at their device. Uh, so they're going to be looking for really unique experiences. And I think the direction we're going in about, you know, creating these really interesting people places and make them Instagrammable and people can share them. And then, you know, their friends that are not here will want to come to experience what uh, what downtown Vancouver is all about. So I think we're still, as I've said, when we launched the Reimagine Downtown Vancouver Project, we're social animals. You know, we want to interact with people and engage with people. Uh, but I think it is going to be a challenge for how does retail adapt to that and they have to make it more of an experience. Like, I would never buy uh, a guitar online. Uh, even if I could return it, it's not something that I'm interested in. It's uh, the touch and the feel of that guitar and how it sounds. And I think that's where retailers like that have to excel at providing the best possible customer service and those opportunities for people to uh, to touch and feel. Uh, I don't think retail is going to disappear. It'll just look very different. Let me then know one thing that hardly anyone talks about but strikes me as a a downtown dweller, downtown user. So amazingly obvious. We're young and we're brown. We're Asian and we're Middle Eastern. Even in the last few months, we're increasingly blacker. I, as a classic old white male, I'm very, very distinct minority. Now, I love it, but I'm surprised it never comes up in the conversation. We're an arrival city. The languages I hear, uh, the people that I watch interacting. Well, it's trite to say they're not from here, but no, Mm -hmm. they're recently a rival. Mm -hmm. And they seem to concentrate in, well, I see it on Granville Street, but downtown Vancouver. 
I see it in English Bay. I see it in all these places that you're creating. That's really remarkable. But it's been a very recent change. Yeah, and I don't know if I've noticed it as much as you have uh, of late. But I would say that um, it excites me too because I think uh, it really makes our city, our downtown, uh, a much more interesting and welcoming place because if you see others that are like you, I think it makes you feel extremely comfortable and safe in that place. Uh, and and we want more of that. And, uh, you know, you didn't talk about, we didn't talk about climate change, and I'm not the subject expert on that. But, you know, we know what climate change will mean uh, to our world if we don't address it. And we will have uh, climate refugees. And I think Vancouver will be a place, uh, Canada will be a place that those people will want to come to uh, as a result of climate change. Uh, so I think that we need to, um, you know, double down on everything we're doing uh, in terms of making sure that uh, we're the most welcoming place that we can possibly be. And if they see other people like them in a space, at an event, at a business, um, then then that creates a more welcoming environment. If they're able to contribute to the work that the DVBI is doing through things like Reimagine or or other public consultations or, or what have you, then they feel that ownership of the space and, and that they're actually you know, having an impact and being engaged in their community. And I think that uh, you know, is, is really kind of the goal that, that, that we're looking for in this project, that the DVBI is looking for in this project. And that's what actually creates a better, more welcoming downtown. Well, we're looking out to the world and into the future. And uh, we're also looking back in the past uh, in a sense, reclaiming or acknowledging indigenous space. So I have the one last question for you. Pronounce for me the name of the plaza in front of the art gallery. Shutlandook Square. Wow. That's one. I don't know. I haven't uh, been able to, uh, to uh, tackle the other one well enough to say it. And maybe I haven't said this one well. <laughs> I, I, I think that's the problem, isn't it? How do we speak the language? Mm-hmm. How do we find that which is not just welcoming and acknowledging? And I think that's uh, going to be a challenge. How do we literally say those words? Yeah, well, I, you know, I've never been good at languages. Uh, English is my second language. Uh, I'm French-Canadian. Uh, my French isn't good any, any longer, uh, so I don't use it. I used it in a little bit in the interview, but I would not speak with anyone who's fluent in French. It would embarrass me. Uh, but you could, could you pronounce the name of the plaza? In front I, of there, I could not, but I, I want to learn, I and I think that including decolonization practices in our public spaces is, you know, is, will help us all to learn that. Could you, Julie? Mm-hmm. I cannot. All right, let's try. <laughs> Say it again. Shutluck look square. Let's break it down. It's the first syllable. Shutluck. Look. Look. Nook. Shook, look, nook. Shook, look, nook. I believe so. <laughs> Shook, look, nook. You mean look at that nook? Holy shit. <laughs> I'm blushing again. <laughs> and maybe I'm not right here. <laughs> we might not be, but we got to make the effort. Otherwise, it's a nameless place. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that I'm hearing, right, give them names, create the place. Mm-hmm. Make people welcome. Yes. Well, you've done it today for us and this version of Price Tags. I guess we're going to have to have you back again. Thank you. I, I welcome the opportunity. We'll yeah, do it. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.